0: Hi, everyone. We're excited to have you back for another episode of Inside College Admissions. My name is Ashley Smith, and I'm the Director of Marketing at SCORE. Today, we are joined by another member of the marketing team, Megan Kaufman, who is one of our Senior Product Marketing Managers. Today, we're going to have a conversation about best practices and tips that colleges can use when thinking about how to better engage students. But before we dive in, I'd like to give you some background on Megan. Megan brings over five years of experience in enrollment management where she developed and delivered communication strategies and programs for Westchester University and the University of Pennsylvania. She's also spent multiple years in SaaS-based companies where her primary focus was developing strategic communication and marketing programs. Currently at SCORE, Megan is responsible for our product marketing strategy for colleges and we're excited to pick her brain today about how colleges can develop messaging strategies that actually capture the attention of students and open the door for effective student engagement and communication. Welcome, Megan. Happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me today, Ashley. Absolutely. We're excited to talk to you and to take your perspective from your experience from all different areas and just, you know, deliver some of these really important tips that colleges can use when trying to better engage with students. So that being said, what I would love to do is kick off our conversation by referencing a data point that kind of sets the stage for our conversation today. The average attention span of a Gen Z student is eight seconds which obviously is a very short period of time. So can you tell us why that's important to keep in mind when colleges and universities are building their communication
1: strategies? Absolutely. So think about how much content you can read in eight seconds. It's probably a lot less than you even think when when you're judging yourself on your reading abilities. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take a lot of time for students to filter through content and decide, yes, this is something I want to read or no, this is something I don't want to read.
0: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And and they're also just in the digital world all the time. And I feel like they are really good and very quick with how they filter through things. So given the current situation with the pandemic, um, can you shed some light on why it's increasingly important for colleges to have effective communication programs in place?
1: Absolutely. As you said, these students are living in a digital environment. They're consuming content all of the time. You think about the hours they spend on YouTube, for example, or on TikTok you're competing as a university with so much noise, not just among other colleges, but also around all of these other platforms that the students are switching between. So it's really critical that you stand out from the noise and have communications that really drive home the value of your institution. It's
0: so interesting that you say that because I think many times schools can fall into the perspective of, I have to be better than my competitors, but as you mentioned, you're truly competing for time with other apps or other places that students would prefer to spend time on. And they also have that entertainment value there too. So I I think that that's great to point out and make sure that perspective is, is kept in mind when thinking through the different communication content and messaging strategies. So there are three best practices that I know that you personally recommend that schools keep in mind at all times when opening up a dialogue with a prospective student. Can you give us an overview of each one of those?
1: Definitely. So we talked about that eight-second attention span, right? How do you capture their attention and how do you keep their attention? There's three key points there. Make it short. Mm -hmm. It's something quick that they'll digest, make it visual so it attracts that attention. And lastly, focus on making a connection. Communication plans and strategies aren't just about getting your content out there. It's about making that connection with a student, building that relationship so they feel a connection to your institution, so they want to attend your institution um, and invest time in continuing to learn about you.
0: Absolutely. And I think that that's That's another really great point too. like the connection piece is so critical and it could be, you know, based on a common interest or just something that you could maybe infer that other students really enjoy um, that have come to your campus as well so I, I think that that's, that's so great to, to speak to just because you know often as marketers, we think so much about the content itself, but like, what is that first step to really just, like you said, building that connection and maybe building a bridge between yourself and the university. So obviously great advice. And what I would want to follow up with on that, based on your perspective, are there any traps that colleges tend to fall into that kind of takes them off track when trying to stick to those three steps above?
1: Yeah. The the one thing about higher ed that's consistent across many industries is sticking to what you've always done. So certainly if you've been achieving your enrollment goals year after year, why change? Sure. Yep. But the reality is the students are changing all of the time. Your audience is not static. Every year you have a brand new audience to speak to. Um, So I find institutions relying on what was previously successful for a different generation of students. Mm -hmm. The other thing is it can be really hard to go from, say, a three-paragraph email, which so many colleges I've worked with and and read communications from have these long in-depth emails. So trimming it down, say, from a two-page email to a three-paragraph email, that feels really short yeah but is a three paragraph email short compared to the length of a tweet no it's not so so keeping it a a little more relative to the student perspective is something that i i see colleges falling in the trap as well
0: yeah and it's i love that you said that too because you know we Again, as marketers um, and communications teams, you know, we, we look at our data a lot. And, you know, if something looks good or the, the data is good, you know, we we absolutely want to continue to do that because we're getting the results that we want to see. But I, I love that you mentioned that because you're right, your audience is changing every single year. So keeping that in mind and you know, keeping their behavioral trends in mind too, I think is a really good point. And there are a lot of things that um, institutions can try at a relatively low cost or in organic means based on channels that they already have set up. So I think that that's really, really great advice. But I would also like to dive a little bit deeper into each tip to start getting a little bit more concrete about like what they can do to keep their communication short. So can you tell us more about why this is important and take a big concept or a message that they really want to, you know, put out there and, and do it with less
1: words, maybe as you said, like in a tweet or some other form? Absolutely. So, so the first key here is making it short. That's, again, to, to capture the attention of your audience and to maintain the attention of your audience. So think about borrowing from your other channels. Like you pointed out, social media is a great opportunity. You don't have to reinvent the wheel every time borrowing that content from a channel you're already used to creating snippets of content for. Mm-hmm. The reality is the less content in your message, the more likely the student will read the entire message and retain the information. Um, So again, really think about those social media length posts. The other key here is making it timely and actionable. So we all have something that's called cognitive delay, which means if I don't have to act on something now, I won't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I'll put it off until later and surprise when you say, I'm going to get back to that later. Most people don't. And you think about a a (laughs) 17-year-old or an 18-year-old student when they've got a thousand and one things going on, that open house that you're suggesting that they register for that's in two months, they're they're not going to go back to that email. No. So think more about timely and actionable? Can they do something right now to to achieve that goal? Can they register for an info session that's tomorrow, or it's in a week from now versus two months from now? Also, again, keeping them short and easily digestible with that need to know information, but also thinking about frequency, right? Is it once a semester? Is it 10 times a day? There there's a happy medium but sure. between those two lengths um, to help keep yourself top of mind for these students.
0: Absolutely. And I, I love that you said that too, because you know, there there needs to be a happy medium and, and we don't want to get to the point where we are annoying the students to the point where they may unfollow you or block it out just because it's too much. So that's that's a great point. And the other thing that you brought up too that I think is really important is that, you know, some of the schools that, you know, we've even been talking to at SCORE have mentioned that they found a lot of success with Pushing out information, like you said, the day of, the half hour before, because then again, like you said, the students can act on it right away. So I think that that's something that schools should absolutely try and add into their mix. So thank you for sharing that. The second thing, in addition to making it, you know, short, less is more, the, that whole aspect, can you give us a little bit of advice too on how to make your communications more visual so that they appeal to the students?
1: Absolutely. So this is twofold here. So when we think about visuals, we often think photos, videos, which are absolutely critical. But the other piece here is the appearance of the text. Is it one big brick of text that you have to skim the entire thing to know what the content is? Or is it clear with, say, bolding or bullet points or italics where there are these snippets of information where you really want to draw the eye, where the student then makes the decision, okay, what is this about? I wanna go through and read the rest of the content. Um, So keep in mind that the visuals of the text also are really critical. The other thing here, as I mentioned, the images and videos, so critical. Seeing is believing for students drive to where students can see real life images of what campus is like, with links to where they can find out even more, say a virtual tour so they can experience the full campus or your social media accounts, your YouTube channel, where they can digest even more that visual experience of the campus, which is especially critical right now during the pandemic when students often cannot make it to campus or it's not safe to do so.
0: Absolutely, and you know, I, I would think that if if I'm on the side of the college, I would want to create some type of visual where a student could actually imagine themselves being on that campus. And I think that that's such a relief right now from the same four walls they're probably in based on quarantine and everything else. So yeah, that's, that's a great, great point. The other thing, too, and, you know, you mentioned this in the beginning, and this is probably the most important tip or takeaway that we can speak to here is Truly making that connection, which isn't always easy to do, but I I would love to hear from you just in terms of how you think that colleges can do this effectively, especially given that most communications are being done in a digital setting rather than in person, which we know a lot of colleges and universities really prefer and use those in-person events to truly
1: give that personal touch to the students. The personalization factor there is so incredibly critical. It's an expectation of the students. You think about, again, what are the other tools they're using out in the world? Amazon, Pandora, every service they use is tailored to their experience, tailored to their interests. So when they're having an interaction with a college and it's the same thing that the college is doing for thousands of other students, they notice the difference in whether or not they feel that connection with the institution or are just a number. Absolutely. Really looking at tailoring the messages based on students' interests so they feel valued beyond just my name is at the top of this email. Does it talk about the majors I'm interested in? Does it talk about the clubs I told you I wanna learn more about? Does it contain information about me? At all, that's that's unique to me. The other piece mm-hmm. here is really looking at keeping it conversational, so removing higher ed jargon and use language as if you were having a one-to-one conversation instead of a transactional communication. So, I think this often gets lost when you've been in higher ed for a long time. I know that certainly happened mm-hmm. to me. Terms like the registrar's office, What what is a registrar? If you think about it from a 17 year old's perspective, what what is that? Or when we sure. talk about matriculation, they probably have no idea what matriculation is. If you say you have to pay money to deposit to come here in the fall, well, that's clear. Right. Which is the same thing may go right over their heads. So, really keeping it in a language that's understandable. Obviously, this can be a big lift to personalize all these communications, to, you know, in some cases, shift the tone so it's more friendly. Start with where you think the biggest impact will be. So, looking mm-hmm. at where are your most popular majors or brand new majors that may need additional support for growth even looking at clubs. What are your most popular clubs on campus? And focus on making those changes first that will have the highest impact and then work your way through your other majors and what have you.
0: Absolutely. That's a great starting point too. And then you know, the schools can always test and iterate and find what really works well and and what is really making an impact with the student themselves. So those are all fantastic tips on, you know, better ways to engage. And what I also want to do before we kind of wrap up this subject matter is shed some light on what types of content colleges could consider within their messaging strategies. You did mention it a little bit when we were just talking about how to, you know, Develop and craft those messages, but um, in addition to popular majors or those other starting points, is there anything else that you would highly recommend that a school starts
1: to incorporate into those messages to students? Yeah, so one thing I've seen be successful everywhere I've worked is really focusing it on the student. Be student centered in every single communication you have. You know, you know, the standard things about your institution like what's your teacher to student ratio what number of undergraduates do you have on campus but what does that really mean for the student when they're thinking about their life if they came to your school so really focus on the unique aspects of your campus life that will resonate with students think about Do you have a 24-hour breakfast cafe that students rave about or do you have an annual spring fling celebration that brings all of the students together that they get really excited about year after year? Share that with prospective students. That's what they want to know about, what the student experience will be like for them. The other piece here is student-to-student engagement. As we're working with other institutions through our launch partner program, we're hearing the success of student-driven events, particularly during COVID. So think about if you have a student ambassador program, how can you incorporate those students into your communication plans? Students are your absolute best resource and your most important resource as a college or university. How can you showcase your students to your prospective students how can you engage your current students with your prospective students as well even things like have have your student ambassadors write a sentence or two about what they love about campus that feels so much more authentic and genuine to a 17 year old looking at a student who just went through the same college search process say 2 years ago That resonates with them a lot more than a canned marketing message, right?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, it's the trust factor is just there with that. I mean, we know that students are going to YouTube and looking for student generated videos to see like what is their perspective truly. So it is very important to keep in mind that, you know, your students in in so many ways are your best resource in order to to communicate with the prospective students. So I definitely think that it's, it's important to keep in mind. And as you said, we have been hearing the success of incorporating them into the process from the other schools that we're working with as well.
1: It's important not to forget the critical nature of things like application reminders and deposit deadlines and things of that nature. We hear again and again, the power of the nudge, nudging students through the process to help them stay on top of important deadlines. So certainly don't forget about that in this process either. These are meant to supplement and add in addition to your existing communications, this is not to make those go away.
0: Absolutely. And you know what, that also reminds me something else that we know that colleges use to communicate, even though it may not be the preferred way that a student would get information, but it would be obviously email. And there are a lot of communications that, that go out that hit a student's inbox. So is there anything that you can maybe suggest to us In terms of ensuring that if if you are using an email communication for something, a way to really capture their attention um, as soon as it hits
1: their inbox. Absolutely. So that all starts with a great subject line. I find these six key approaches to be the most helpful and the most adaptable. So the first one looking at starting with a question, for example, like, have you seen our latest TikTok? Sure. Immediately leads them into Hmm. their, their mind starts to digest the content before they've even opened the email. Um, Again, we've talked about conversational guiding, providing how to, for example, how to apply for scholarships. I'm interested in scholarships. I want to open that email. Yeah. Action oriented. Again, this is something that's important in your message as in the subject line. For example, schedule some time with your admissions counselor, they know exactly going into the email what you're expecting of them. And the last two here, a little more playful, being mysterious or another adaptation of questioning like what do you really want to know about our university? And then catchy. This this is one I wouldn't overuse, but something like oops, you forgot to sign up for the info session. If the last email you know, was marked as unopened, something like that, where, again, it's catchy, it's something different than all of the rest of the vanilla subject lines sitting in their inbox.
0: Absolutely. And we know that there's a lot in there. So yes.
1: those are those
0: are great tips. And overall, really, really great suggestions. It, it was so nice to hear from your perspective, again, being on both, you know, the higher ed side and obviously at SCORE, I think, you know, the combination of experiences are just perfect to provide these tips. So I just want to say thank you so much, Megan, for spending some time with us today. And for all of our listeners out there, if you're interested in speaking more with our resident expert here, Megan, about messaging strategies and tips, please don't hesitate to reach out because, you know, we can speak to more specifics then about the school that you're at and provide more context in that way. One more quick note before we wrap for today, SCORE has a student messaging playbook where you can see all of the various different things that we spoke about today, and you can actually just download it from our website. So we will include the link to that in our description, but we just want to make sure that you know that you have that available to you. And we just want to say thank you for listening with us today. And we look forward to chatting with you again soon about other best practices, tips, and That we can provide or have Megan provide insight to from the college perspective to help make you more effective with your recruiting and admissions process. So, thank you, Megan, and we will talk to you all again soon. Thanks, Ashley.